Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 91st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. We're back this week with another full episode of news and images from the sequel film production, a great chat in the Visitor Center with two daily Jurassic Park podcasters, Kyle and Brady from Jurassic Park Minute, and we'll wrap it up with a new audio segment this week from Chris Pratt called, What's My Snack? So, this past weekend, we gave away a ton of tickets to Jurassic World The Exhibition, so congratulations to everybody who won. We can't wait to hear your trip reports. Now, if you didn't win, of course you know we have a special promo code available to listeners of the podcast to use for Jurassic World The Exhibition. Head to fi.edu or call the museum at 215-448-1200 to purchase tickets and use the code JWG. E-N-E-R to get $5 off daytime adult admission tickets to Jurassic World The Exhibition. Now this is limit to four tickets per person. It does include general admission to the Franklin Institute, but it cannot be combined with any other offer or discount. Upgrades are available on-site for the IMAX and 3D theaters. It is redeemable online, over the phone, or at the ticketing desk. Processing fees do apply when ordering your tickets in advance. It does exclude holidays, but it is valid through April 19th, 2017. Again, the promo code is J-W-G-E-N-E-R. Use it and let us know when you do. It's a long episode this week, so why don't we get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access rate security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head been right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. First up here, we want to wish a congratulations to director of the upcoming Jurassic World sequel, J.A. Bayona, on another big win for his film, A Monster Calls. Empire Magazine held the 2017 Empire Awards, and the winner of Best Sci-Fi Fantasy Film goes to A Monster Calls, so that is a big win for director J.A. Bayona. It's, uh, It's a great film, and there's such a big buzz around this film, so congratulations to him and everybody involved in that project on this awesome win. Head to our show notes where you can find all the winners from the Empire Awards for 2017. I know this is a news segment, uh, but I guess uh, maybe we need to start actually a new Jurassic World 2 
photo segment or video segment here because so many pictures have been rolling in recently and it seems like Bryce Dallas Howard has taken the charge and posts basically a daily photo of her progress here on the sequel film. And uh, she started off day 11 by saying, My, but that's some tall scaffolding. Whatever is on that stage must be giant. And uh, yeah, it's just a picture of scaffolding. Somebody's walking across it. There's some lighting there. Uh, But yeah, that's about it. Nothing really hinting at what's to come in the sequel. She also followed it up on day 12 with a, uh, a lovely letter from her, her co-star Justice Smith. Um, that's awesome. And she kicked it off again day 13 with a, a lovely picture of her sitting in the makeup chair getting ready for the film. And uh, things started to get a little bit better here. Not just from her, but from everybody else in the project. Day 14, we see a harness of some sort here. Something that could be held to hold her up maybe in a dinosaur's teeth. Is she getting eaten? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, is she getting picked up by a pteranodon? I don't know. It could be something like that. Or maybe she's just jumping off a big cliff. I don't know. It could be it could be incredibly uh, terrifying here, whatever's to come. But day 14, she started off with that picture saying, hold on to your butts. But like I said, that's just where it started to get interesting because J.A. Bayona himself on Twitter and I, I guess Instagram and other places, he posted a video of uh, it looks like a forest background with foggy, you know, clouds in the back. And uh, there's this hand puppet T-Rex that he's doing this little roaring pose and screaming and roaring and everything. And uh, that's about it. It's only like six seconds long, but I think it's actually a little telling on the edges. You can sort of see a stand holding up a backdrop. So I don't think this is a real image, a real background of trees. Maybe somebody took that picture or shot a video or something like that, but that's not real. So we're to assume based off the location of the image and the video um, that uh, it's just at Pinewood Studios. So I don't know what this is. It could be something we see in the film. Maybe not. Who knows at this point. But uh, Colin Trevorrow followed that up with a picture of himself filming that scene with Bayona in the shot with the hand puppet. It's really awesome. And I love seeing that he is involved with this almost, I guess, on a daily basis here. And uh, that's going to be a lot for him because he will have Star Wars coming up. So it is great to see him still involved in that sense and to see all these people contributing to our daily progress with the film, letting everybody know in the fan base like what's going on, what's happening behind the scenes. So it's really cool to see that. Um, but we do get another thing here from Bayona. It's a picture of 11 puppeteers working under the feet, uh, giving life to a dinosaur. Great work. This is an awesome one. I absolutely love this picture because it's reminiscent of an older time with all the other films. With When you had all these puppeteers working on the different dinosaurs throughout the film. Obviously Jurassic World had one, but uh, this looks like it could be something even better, even bigger, who knows, uh, because they're it, they're working underneath this creature. So how big is this thing? I really hope it's big. I'm, I'm expecting something really awesome. Uh, but if you want to check out these pictures, head to our show notes. We'll have all the pictures from Bryce and Colin and Bayona here, and uh, certainly some more. So check that out. <laughs> Now, last week, I didn't want to burden you all too much with my terrible voice since I wasn't feeling too well, but this week, I do want to cover a few Jurassic birthdays that we missed uh, from the past week. The 13th was William H. Macy's birthday, Paul Kirby from Jurassic Park 3. Happy birthday to you, sir. On the 15th of March, we missed wishing a happy birthday to Brian T. Hamada from Jurassic World. Now, he didn't really get too much screen time because he was taken out pretty early on by the Indominus. Happy birthday to you. 
And uh, this week on the 22nd of March, let's wish a happy birthday to Nick Robinson, Zach from Jurassic World. It's been great having you here in the franchise. Who knows what the future holds for your character? But for now, let's all wish you a happy birthday. Oh, there it is. There it is. The closest you will ever come to living dinosaurs. Jurassic World, the exhibition. Now in its final weeks at the Franklin Institute, based on one of the biggest blockbusters in cinema history. Don't miss this awe-inspiring event for the whole family. Only at the Franklin Institute. For tickets, visit fi.edu. And remember, if something chases you, run! Let's open up the doors to the Visitor Center, where I speak with Kyle and Brady from Jurassic Park Minute about their Movies by Minute podcast, the Jurassic Park franchise, and more. This week in the Visitor Center, I'm joined by two fellow podcasters, Jurassic Park podcasters, for a little while longer, Kyle and Brady from Jurassic Park Minute. How you guys doing? Hey, doing great, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Brad, thanks for having us. We're really big fans of the show, and we're happy to be on. No, you know, me too. I'm, I'm a huge fan of your guys' show and everything, and, and uh, I hope more people listen to it. And you are at the end, but uh, I don't think that matters at this point. Anybody can listen to, to podcasts whenever. So it's, uh, you know, why not now, towards the end of your show, let's get you on and talk about it. But before we get into it, I'm going to start you off, both of you guys off, with a question I ask everybody who comes on here. If you get stuck in a kitchen which you guys might know something about since I think that you're around that minute as we speak. <laughs> With a Velociraptor, what will you do and will you make it out alive? Oof, um, so I'm going to try to find some refrigerated flan and slide it across the floor and then hope to God that I don't Scooby-Doo my way out of there and just my feet spin while I'm trying to run. But I'm going to say I wouldn't make it out. I don't know how Brady feels about that. I tell you what, I would just stand up, I'd throw my hands up, walk, to the refrigerator that, that Tim finds himself in, the freezer, find whatever ice cream Hammond hadn't been eating and just start eating my last supper. You know, the, <laughs> the bowl, a tub so, of ice cream and just let that thing come and do what it's got to do. You would choose just to give up then, which oh, would be well, yeah. great because, I mean, up until that point in time, how many people would have even been eaten, or eaten by velociraptors? Like, if you're going to go, be an original, yeah. you know, and go in a way that nobody else has before. <laughs> You know, recently on the show, we had um, JC of Jurassic Collectibles on, and we were covering the minute where Muldoon uh, is eaten, and he had a really good observation in the, the sense that when Muldoon, his last sentiments are, clever girl to the raptor, he's sort of saying, like, good job, you know, to, you know, do what you got to do now. I kind of tip my hat to you for, uh, for being able to take me down this way. Yeah, so, you got me. That's it. Uh, I'm yeah. done. You know, I might as well congratulate you. You know, yeah. Like if there's any way that this guy, this professional who had such a uh, interest in raptors, was going to go, this might be the way that he wanted to go. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It is interesting. I've asked this question to a lot of people, and you know, half the people would give up and die or not make it out. Some people come up with some really cool, interesting ideas. And then, uh, you know, it's tough because it just goes both ways. You never know where you could go. But uh, like you are, you know, somebody, I forget who was, who was that? Somebody did say, like, it would be an honor to, like, go out that way yeah. the same way, you know, like to be one of those people because not many people have gotten eaten by a raptor. Well, what would if you I do? haven't achieved anything in life, I will achieve something in death being the first person <laughs> to go this way. So let's well, have it. Yeah. What would you do, Brad? 
You know, I, I always have a tough time answering this question, but I've heard so many options, so I should have a legit answer by now. But, uh, you know, I, uh, I think I'm just going to go straight at it. You know, like, I'm going to grab pots and pans, do anything, just go straight yeah. at it. Because I feel like, you know, when you do that, when you try to intimidate, you always hear about, like, you know, intimidating an animal. Like, if you get caught, you know, in a in the woods near a bear or something, you, you hear different, you know, versions of what you should do. But you always hear that one where you just kind of stand your ground, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. I might do something like that, but velociraptors are <laughs> unpredictable. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it really works out that way. <laughs> New no, and I wouldn't want to find out. I would just want to run for the ice cream and do, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Go out doing something you like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He died as he lived, eating Cherry Garcia. <laughs> That's right. You, you guys oh, did man. make a good point though the other day in your podcast that there was all that that food and goodies and stuff outside of the door, and the raptors just kind of like went right by it and didn't even uh, eat them that we know. Yeah. You know, didn't like divulge in some some great you know Jello or, or something. Right. I think the kids probably could have bought an extra minute or two. You know what? Or maybe that's where the other raptor was. I didn't think about this <laughs> until you just said that. You know, the one raptor smells blood. She's the dominant alpha. She goes in there to look for him, and she has to say, hey, wait a minute. Why don't you come here? There's actual fresh bloody meat in here. And it would, what would have been great is if that other raptor came in with like half a pie hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> you know, something like that. Or if it said like, you know, hey, more for me. So start calling to the other raptor and say, you know what? There's there's a cheesecake in there. Why don't you just go settle for that? And I'll keep looking <laughs> for these other human beings in here. <laughs> nope. No, didn't happen that way. Instead, no. we got an exciting scene where they're both hunting people, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It would have the tension would have been a little bit different if it had something hanging out of its mouth or, yeah. you know, something like that. But, you know, maybe when they run out of the room, they could have like you know, shown that the food was definitely dug into or messed around or on the ground or something. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Man. You know what you could do? I guess we're just going to keep this going here. Might as well. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we're in a kitchen. There's going to be food around. What if there was, like, a just big thing of bananas and you could just start taking the banana peels and throwing them, like, in the path of the raptor and so he just starts, like, <laughs> sliding and next thing you know, problem solved. So this thing just uh, turns into a Three Stooges uh, <laughs> sketch much. at that point. Yeah, I, I would. I would be down with that. Starts yeah. playing, you know. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's not that far do? off. You know, because the raptor goes into the freezer and starts sliding all over the place. So That's essentially, a just a yeah. bunch of bananas. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. And okay, so like the, 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 that raptor, it's presumed, you know, stayed in the freezer, died in the freezer. It's still in there, basically. Yeah. They should have gone in there in Jurassic World, opened the thing up, and there's that dead raptor just completely bloated like 20-some-odd years later. Yeah, you know? It's just been eating all that ice cream in there. Yeah. yeah. Or or here's the other side. It could be a Demolition Man type scenario where the thing is frozen and then it unthaws itself and it's like, wait a minute. I'm still chasing those kids. Dude. You know, it's like cryogenically frozen in there. I think we just cracked the plot on Jurassic World 2. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> that is, though, an interesting discussion because – like you you see the kids walk through there in Jurassic World which seemingly looks untouched right so yeah. mm -hmm. they've built an entire theme park around this this building why have they not touched it and is that raptor still in there i don't know i mean that that is actually like you know you, you can poke fun at it and make light but actually when you think about it like why is that place untouched that's so weird 
That's that's a really great question. I, I'm I'm going to take the, the the my serious answer to it is that uh, it's probably because the script called for it to be <laughs> in a new area of the island. However, we discussed on the show several times the thing that we're more interested in is really revisiting that old part of the island and seeing what it's like. You know what has what has nature done with it? Uh, it it uh, y- you think a company like Engine. Uh, would really want to reclaim assets, you know, like yeah. after the events of the Lost World, and they're really trying to recoup uh, some of their losses on this whole thing that they would want to go back and you know try to reuse this stuff because it's. I, I wish there was a little bit of su- and maybe there is some supplemental material about about this, but uh, the the t- the passage of time between uh, Jurassic Park or the Lost World and uh, Jurassic World, like what exactly their financial situation was, you know, did they just want to like chalk it up to a loss and not go back to that part of the island? But it seems like there's so much real estate up there. Uh, there's so much that could be collected. The first thing that they would do is have a team go back in there and try to like scrap what they could from all this stuff, you know, right. going yeah. in like uh, even pulling copper out of the walls and stuff like that. You know, I've, I've been around enough contractors to know that uh, if you can go back and reclaim that stuff, it could be used. But, uh, you know, it, it that was one of my favorite parts of the of Jurassic World was whenever they went back to that. And I thought the rest of the movie was actually going to be in the other part of the island. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We could see what happens up there. And unfortunately, well, that didn't happen. Uh, uh, and we, you know, got the movie we got. But uh, I guess what I'm trying to say there is uh, there's a lot of fertile ground there for them to go back and maybe mm-hmm. check it out in Jurassic yeah, World too. But. You know, I really thought that um, Mark Englert's poster that Colin Trevorrow released, uh, I think it was at Comic-Con, you know, about yeah. like a yeah. year or so mm-hmm. before the movie, that had the Raptor perched on top of the uh, tour vehicle that was turned over. Kind of, I knew that we were going to be revisiting old property in the movie, but that mm-hmm. kind of led me to believe that there was going to be more stuff than just the visitor center that I had heard about. So I really got my hopes up. Now, I know that's kind of fan service, and that's just the nostalgic in me, wanting to see the familiar thing. So I am really happy that we got what we got, but I definitely would have loved to have seen more. And yeah. uh, that, that definitely was where my interest peaked in Jurassic World, was, uh, was at that moment. Mm-hmm. I'd love for them to go back. You know, in Jurassic World 2, the, the likelihood of that, I guess, is slim. But, um, you know... Yeah, yeah, I guess that's the end of my statement on that. You know, yeah, you know, you guys break down the 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 first movie so much, and you realize why people love it so much. And and I think that's part of the problem when it comes to Jurassic World for some is that they take that first movie and they've had it for twenty plus years at that point, and it, you know they expect things. And when you see that poster that with the the raptor on the 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 uh, explorer. You kind of expect that, and then you expect something else. You have this head cannon and all these other theories out there of what you're going to see, and then they only spend, you know, three minutes max probably at, at the visitor center, the old visitor center, and you're, mm-hmm. you are kind of disappointed. And and then if if you guys were to like just uh, you know do like a Patreon episode of that moment and just kind of compare, that would be actually really interesting because. There are so many differences to like the outside of that building versus how it looked in the in the first movie, you know. And the inside looks really good, but it's that it's that like outside that's just not not done exactly right. It looks cool, but it's not the same. You can tell it's not the same. But it's uh, it's yeah. stuff like that that that's fun to kind of pick apart and and notice when you do. I guess you know your kind of format here. Oh, yeah. absolutely, um, yeah. And well, uh, the the format ahead, has go. really opened up. Uh, um, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, the format of, of digesting the movie minute by minute has really made me appreciate it more uh, on a, a filmmaking level that maybe I didn't beforehand. Jurassic Park is one of those movies where it's so visceral in a lot of ways. You get in there and you get caught up in the adventure and the excitement of it that sometimes you almost forget you're watching a movie. It takes on that kind of like amorphous uh, magical level that filmmaking uh, as, as a viewer sometimes has. And you know, Steven Spielberg, most of his movies are like this. He can get you ca- get caught up in the joy of 
cinema. Uh, so it's really been cool to take Jurassic Park and break it down and look at it on a script level. You know, look at it on a level of the the bare basic filmmaking aspects of this movie that, and you really start to realize. Uh, this is why this movie is so important to so many people. There, it, it works on so many different levels. There's such care taken to the cinematography of it, uh, to the characters, the way that they're built, uh, that it really kind of you, – you start to kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit and that magic is realized to you in a way that is digestible. So it's been a really great exercise to break down Jurassic Park and really pick it apart like this. It, it really is uh, – it's, it's, it's been a real rewarding experience. Yeah, you know, it is interesting because I do this on a weekly basis. I don't do it every day like you guys do. But, um, you know, we break down a lot of different things throughout the the entire series. And you you certainly got to know a lot about it. But when I did your show for the the two episodes, I believe, right, Um, you really have to, like, dive deep and, like, find different, you know, knowledge that you can really give forth through the episode to spread it out and to make the episode last longer to – uh, really inform the listeners as to what exactly is happening, and it, it's a it's a completely different craft. And I am pretty new to this this whole minute by minute podcast format. So I guess if people don't know, you kind of just go minute by minute, literally, and just you know peel apart each minute of that film. And you guys do it on a you know what five days a week. So that's that's really impressive. Yeah, it's well. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. No, I was actually going to cue you. I was going to say like Brady is <laughs> Brady is the kind of the the, the guy that uh, got me into movies by minute podcasting as well, and I think he's kind of a historian on on how this form has come forward, right, Brady? Yeah, it's I actually uh, became familiar with movies by minutes through a podcast called James Bonding, where mm-hmm. um, some guys from the Nerdist uh, yeah. will you know cover yeah different James Bond movies, and they mentioned Star Wars Minute and the premise of it, and so I kind of got hooked on that, and I remember thinking like. This is there are so many movies that are just primed for this for this uh, format, and what could those be? And then I looked into it, and just I mean, more and more just started popping up and popping up and popping up. And I said, "There's two movies that just have to be broken down like this." And I there, there's just something inside of me that's calling me and telling me I need to do this. <laughs> uh, and those movies are Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park. So uh, somehow no one had jumped on those properties, and there were other more like kind of obscure left of center movies that people were doing. Um, so we did, we started Ghostbusters and I went ahead and bought JurassicParkMinute.com and and then went uh, right into that. And it's, um, you know, it's a lot of work turning these things in five days a week and it's it's coming up on a year that every day we've been doing this, but uh, incredibly rewarding, not just as a movie fanatic, but a fanatics of these two uh, properties, these, these, two fr- these two films, Ghostbusters and Jurassic Park. And um, Ghostbusters was amazing because there is so much to learn there and so many more new things to pick up by breaking it down. But I've actually had a more rewarding experience with Jurassic Park. And I think it's because this movie is a little bit closer to my heart. And there are so many different things just underneath the surface that are there for you to pick up on, but only if if you if you want to go in and look for them and analyze them. This movie doesn't demand that you understand so many different things. It presents you with things and then gives you an adventure. And and that's it. And that's all it should be. You know, it's an incredibly intellectual adventure film, uh, but it's it never forces anything down any of these topics, any of these ideas down your throat. It's just enough there for you to pick up on and go and explore yourself if you want or break it down minute by minute, five days a week. So, (laughs) you know, it's yeah, but the the, I guess this is the longer answer. The movies by minutes format is uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing. I've actually moved into Goonies Minute with another guy. 
Um, and so we've been breaking that movie down. And there's a lot going on in that movie to break down, but definitely not as much uh, as Jurassic Park. So, Yeah, you know, the, the format, it kind of makes it more digestible, I think, you know, because I'll release an episode that's an hour plus, sometimes less, but you guys are, are releasing smaller bits of episodes, and I think that makes it easier for people to listen and to latch on and to listen every every day, essentially. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I think that makes it much easier, and it is, it's really cool to have that ready waiting for you, you know, when you wake up and you, you know it's on your phone. That's kind of cool. I like that. Yeah. And, you know, another thing about that, too, is I, I love whenever some of the movie by movies by minutes uh, shows that I like, you know, you wake up in the morning and it's in your queue and it's like a 45 minute long episode. So, you know, there's going to be all kinds of information there for you. Um, and so what's what's cool about even releasing something that's about 15 to 20 minutes long is it's going to give somebody else the idea that they can go do this themselves. Uh, they can go break this movie down themselves and develop their own interpretation of it. Take what they're hearing from us and then go find new things for themselves. So in that regard, it's kind of inspiring to people who are fans of the movies but want to want to see it even deeper and go into it even further. So yeah. it's a cool format, and I'm, I'm really glad that the guys who did start it and get the ball, ball rolling with the format uh, did what they did because it's it's given so much entertainment to people and so many opportunities for fans of these films and these franchises to explore them even more for themselves and for listeners of the shows. Yeah, and so. they've been kind of like open sourced and uh, very good shepherds of the format as well. Brady, when he originally had the idea for Ghostbusters Minute, first thing we had to do was kind of send them an email and say, would you guys mind if we took your format and applied it to this? And their thing is like, they're, they were kind of like, hey, yeah, that sounds really cool. That'd be a good movie. Why don't you go for it? And uh, they have really fostered a community of these movie by minute podcasters out there that they've been, you know, partially like hands off uh, you know, with just kind of letting people take their product and product, you know, or show and like run with it. Mm-hmm. But it's been a very uh, supportive community out there. We all kind of chat with each other about, oh, what do you do if you run into this or how do I work on this for my movie or what kind of recording equipment do you want to use? So it's uh, the movies by minute community uh, is is one that is is just going to continue to grow. There's really been kind of an explosion in the last six months of the number of uh, movies that people are breaking down in this podcast format. And Brady and I are privy to a couple of shows that haven't been announced yet, and there's really going to be no slowing down <laughs> for this format within the next like probably year or two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine it will slow down, you know, because it is so digest- digestible. And when I, you know, go to search for one of these types of, of podcasts, there's everything that I'd want to listen to. Like, and it's yeah. funny, you keep stumbling upon them. And, you know, like, uh, I believe there's Indiana Jones, Back to the Future. I just saw Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, that's certainly yeah. something I, I would love to listen to. All those. It's a great show, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All those shows you just named are, are top tier uh, podcasts. If, if you that's have awesome. any interest out there, uh, I would definitely say check on we, those because they're awesome. We actually have our Patreon uh, subscription account. You can go to patreon.com slash media and hear some, like, bonus episodes, bonus content that we release. Most of them are Jurassic Park related, but recently uh, my co-host Chris over at Goonies Minute and I did a special with um, one of the hosts of Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, and we broke down our top three uh, pirate films. It was a lot of fun. So the, the hosts over there at Pirates of the Caribbean are doing a hell of a job. And that's another movie that's just so prime to be broken down minute by minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like Kyle saying, the one thing that I think I'll take away from all this experience is the relationships that I've made from uh, meeting other people in that community and meeting other people in the, the Jurassic Park online community. Like your show, for example, is something I've wanted to be on since I've been listening to it <laughs> long before I ever got the idea to do a Movies by Minute show. 
Huh. And so it was something I was I would listen to and I'd hear the other people on and be like, damn, I just want to go geek out with my people, you know. <laughs> and so to be able to finally be on it, uh, which is today, you know, we had you on our show, but this is the first time I'm actually being able to do that. And, and you know, uh, getting to develop a, a relationship with you has been awesome. And then Jennifer Tarek, who's a, a frequent guest of your show. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many other people has just been the thing that I'll take away from from Jurassic Park Minute the most. So this and whole thing has been a ploy just to get on the Jurassic Park much. podcast. Pretty saying, much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked. And it, it's kind of cool too because we actually had a couple of guys that were listening to our show, uh, and you know we had no plans of doing the Lost World uh, as our next show. But uh, a couple of guys said, "Hey, you know, are you going to do this?" We we're like, "No, no, it's open." And they took it and they've actually started the Lost World minute too. So yeah, uh, that show's actually it has a little bit of a different distribution format, but uh, their names are Brad and David over there. So they started Lost World minute. A couple of weeks ago and i think that they uh there it's not a weekly show they put it out like every couple of weeks or something like that but uh so if people have liked what they've heard on jurassic park minute and wanted to move over to the lost world that that show is actually going on right now yeah and uh you know i, I think it's going to be great when someone else or them or whoever uh picks up jurassic park 3 and then of course jurassic world i'm sure it's only a matter of time until someone moves in on that as well um, or hell, uh, even redoes Jurassic Park. We've always said that you know our voices shouldn't be the last or the authoritative uh, way to listen or to this movie in a minute by minute podcast. I would love it if in a couple of years somebody decided to just go back to Jurassic Park and do it again. It'd be a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, as as fans of these films, you gotta support the idea that there should be a multitude of perspectives on these things. And um, I know that I would love to hear that. For sure. Is someone else uh, bring shed light on it for me and then give me their perspective on it. So, yeah. And you guys, you brought up Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World, and those two films are pretty polarizing for a lot of people. Now, do you mm-hmm. think, has there been any kind of minute-by-minute uh, minute podcast that once you once you dive in, do, do you feel or have you heard people like kind of like start to dislike the movie or anything like that? Cause it seems like a, a passion project where you love the movie and you, you really get yeah. to know it even more. Do you find ever that you're like, ah, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, I see the flaws now. That's a I mean, really good question. I don't, I don't know that that's happened. I think a lot of the people who jump into these movies are kind of, uh, experts on it to begin with, and part of it is the vanity of trying to show off like what you know about the movie and you know the the filmmakers and the filmmaking world and everything. But uh, I think that if anything, this movie has made me love or this project has made me love Jurassic Park more. I was not a fan on the level of Brady as far as Jurassic Park goes. So I was a little <laughs> bit older when it came out, but I I, I love the movie. I love watching it, but it wasn't uh, an obsession for me. And then mm-hmm. watching this movie has really uh, opened it up on a whole new level to me. But as far as people watch watching it and getting sick of it. I mean, there is, you spend a lot of time with these movies when you're doing it on a day to day pot. You know, we are, I think Jurassic park minute is going to end, uh, in two weeks, uh, from the time we're recording this, uh, at minute number 120. So that means we've spent, uh, 120 days worth of working on this stuff, uh, or, you know, episodes coming out. So you spend a lot of time with the material mm-hmm. and there's definitely a lot of exposure there. And a lot of ways you could get sick of it just because, you know, if I ate, you know, um, a Hershey bar with almonds every day for 120 days. I'm pretty sure on day 120, I'd be like, I never want to eat this again, you know, even yeah. though I love it. But, uh, you know, with Jurassic Park, it's really been like, I think that when we're done with this, I could turn around and watch Jurassic Park again. And it would be a different viewing experience because I wouldn't be able to stop telling everybody in the room little facts about everything. It's like, oh, you know, that guy over there, he's actually the gaffer also, you know, yeah. or something like that. But, um, 
it's it's definitely um i i feel that i appreciate the movie now more than i did uh, going into this project yeah definitely I've, I've actually watched it a few times since we started and i could easily go turn it on and watch it tonight uh and not have gotten sick of it at all i think that's the the power of jurassic park the movie mm-hmm. i really do and i think it's because it's not just a film man this is an experience this is an experience and it's a moment in time it's a moment in pop culture history and film history in so many ways. And it's, it's, um, it's a way of life for a lot of people. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the podcasts that we do about this movie, you know, so it has, uh, I don't know, hit a chord in, in all of us. And we don't, we don't go sit down and watch this movie just to be thrilled by a movie. You know, yeah. we go down to enter a whole different place to get on a different, um, level and just, you know, have the Jurassic park experience. It's it's more than just a movie uh, for for I think I'm speaking for a lot of people. Yeah, there's a few franchises out there, you know, Star Wars, uh, you know, Indiana Jones, maybe Pirates, stuff like that, that you you want to dive in because you love those worlds and and you love what they've built and you kind of want to be a part of it in a way, you know, and uh, that's what this film does for a lot of people. You you want to go and visit that park or, or Jurassic World and. And just see these things up close, feel a dinosaur, you know, see one running in front of you, do anything. And uh, because they are so majestic and everything, it just it's primed for world building and all that stuff. So I'm really glad that they're continuing this this trend and just making it bigger and bigger. It's really awesome. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Every now and then you get to a point in your life and you're like, that it's kind of sucks that the life and reality I live, that this isn't a real part of it that I can experience, (laughs) you know, for I wish Tron was a documentary. It's not, so you know. But it's it's kind of like this. Uh, just taking something like Jurassic Park and jumping into it in, in a way like this is just is a way to make it even more real or more yeah. a part of your life. You know. You so, know yeah. that 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 plays into um, you know back in what 2009 when Avatar came out. You know there were people mm-hmm. like going through depression after that movie because the world building in that in that movie was so epic and you know people wanted to be their own like avatars and do that crazy stuff and yeah. You know, obviously the the movie has kind of like, I don't know, it's aged fine, I think, but people just don't really appreciate it as much anymore. But there is that that land in Disney World opening up, so it's giving people you know a place to go and to be a part of it. So that aspect yeah. is really cool. Now, if that's not a power, uh, speaking to the power of of this medium of film, I don't know what is. You know, it's sometimes I, I want to like walk into Cheers, the bar and go hang out with my friends, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where yeah. everybody knows my name. Um, <laughs> and that's, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's interesting. And it's cool that Jurassic Park is a movie that's able to make us want to do that. You know, we could mm-hmm. want to go to Pandora and things like that, but Jurassic Park is something that could potentially, it feels like it could potentially exist. And that's speaking to the power and the creativity of Michael Crichton. But if you look at a movie like Batman Begins, the idea was that they were taking this um, kind of extreme thing and setting it in our real world and making it seem plausible as though it could exist. Jurassic Park uh, does that perfectly mm-hmm. as well. Um, and it really feels like a tangible, actual idea and a place that you can go. And I think that's another reason we, we all come back to this is because it is accessible in a way. It is something that seems real and plausible in a place we could go and That's, uh, you know, that's just more of the draw. That's just more of the draw. You can watch a movie like Star Wars and uh, Star Wars is kind of a bad example. Um, In fact, it's strange that you were you were mentioning Avatar because that's what I would use as something that is a place that just seems so impossible that I almost don't even, you know, put myself in a place where I think I could go there. But Jurassic Park seems like a place that I could go. It seems like Isla Nublar is an actual island 
120 miles west of Costa Rica and Mm -hmm. that there's a park there that I could go to, you know? So it's, it's, I, you know, I've always, I've made this comment on the show several times. I'm really glad that the film didn't go overly CGI with its kind of tech and its hardware, um, because that would have distanced us from the movie even more. And one of the, the things that makes Jurassic Park work so well is the fact that it, like I'm, like I'm keep rambling about is it feels like you could go there and, um, and you don't get, you know, some of the kind of over the top, um, I don't even know what you would call it, but some of the over the topness kind of over science fiction looking things you saw in Jurassic world aren't there in Jurassic park. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It gives it yeah. that accessible quality. It's just because you can do it. Doesn't mean you should, you know, it's, it's essentially the, the, the yeah. meaning of Jurassic park, you know, but, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> didn't mean yeah, right. to, to, you know, pull off that pun there, but that's, uh, you know, that's essentially what CGI is to a lot of people. You know, it, I personally loved how, how they portrayed everything in Jurassic world, but you know, I could see it from the point of view where it's too much, you know, or it's too bombastic. And it is at times, you know, it's crazy. Like, it's a, you know, it's it's a completely different movie than Jurassic Park. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know it's, and it's the, as filmmakers in a, in the current uh, kind of like filmmaking world, they, they do have to think about things on like a global level, too. This movie isn't just going to play in the United mm-hmm. States because people aren't going to see movies of the way they did when Jurassic Park came out. So a movie like Jurassic World, they have to think like, well, what's the one thing that tr- – culture across language well that's visual appeal so even more cgi i mean like it's funny because i'm pretty sure before jurassic world started production half that movie was already done on a computer drive somewhere you know and it's just being rendered over and over until the movie comes out they have to go in deep on the cg because they want this thing to play in beijing you know they want this thing to play cross culture and make a lot of money doing that so it's it's almost like a, a really kind of situation that we've created for ourselves where the global box office means so much well you know the only way to really appeal to all all markets is to make something, you know, like a visual standout. That's why the Transformer movies do so well because you don't really need to know a whole lot of plot. You just go in and put on your 3D glasses and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, there's Mark Wahlberg and Bumblebee, you know. But uh, there is a point where I think it can be pulled back a little bit more. Uh, more time can be spent on character development and you can get the satisfaction of both a story that resonates within your heart and then also something that's a visual feast for your eyes. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting if they had done it differently back then, gone the Jurassic World style and just went all out. Like, yeah. you know, more than 15 minutes worth of dinosaurs, you know, you know let's let's say like 70% dinosaurs and yeah. more CGI. Like, it would have been interesting, but I wonder how we would have reacted as a society, you know, because we weren't. We weren't even used to it back then, you know. That that was basically new yeah. to us. So, would we have that same mentality that we have now? You know, where we're question. used to it now. Like we we see it, we get it. You know, we understand what's CG and what's not. So it kind of it makes me think like, would we have had that same appreciation, or would we have thought the same way we do think about it now? I don't know. That's a good question. I think we probably would have rejected a lot more than we actually did, but it's the brilliance of the uh, combination of CG that was still some of the best-looking CG I've ever seen in my life with the Stan Winston Studios, mm-hmm. uh, their effort put in as well, uh, which is, you know, w- whenever we talk about Jurassic Park on on our show, and I'm sure you do here as well, it's like we spend most of the time talking about the computer-generated images because it was the first time we had seen anything like that, but the Stan Winston Studio brought their A-game to that movie, and it really put a lot of money and time and thought into the way that they designed the, the costumes and the animatronic dinosaurs on it. And it really – it's those two things in combination with each other that really make the visual appeal pop in that movie. You know, mm-hmm. But I think if they, if they had just 
like you were saying, solely relied on the CG dinosaurs, I think we would have just rejected it wholesale. We would have been like, oh, this this stuff has no weight to it in the physical world. The actors aren't looking at things. Their eye lines aren't right. And while we probably wouldn't have been able to notice those on the surface, there's something in our subconscious that would have rejected it, you know? It wouldn't yeah. have turned into, what was it, uh, Tammy the T-Rex or something like that? Would it have been, like, just too much? <laughs> oh, uh, maybe so. Tammy Wait, Tammy, was, was it? It was was that Theodore Rex with uh, Whoopi Goldberg, or am I thinking of a different movie? No, you know, I th- I think Tammy the T Rex is this like if if I'm remembering correctly correctly. Let me look it up here. I is think it was a Paul Walker on? one, right? Yeah, yeah. With uh, oh my god, oh, I just found out about yeah. this a couple days ago. Yes, that movie looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. So so the story <laughs> is he dies and they put his brain inside of an animatronic Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, why aren't we? Well, this is the movie we need to be covering in the movies by minute podcast. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good lord. Oh Oh, man. Uh, uh, Let me go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you first. You first. You first. Well, I was gonna stick on the the topic that you brought up the um, the animatronics and everything blending those. But did you guys uh, see that new image that was released uh, as of this recording today um, by J. A. Bayona showing the the like eleven puppeteers? There's like 11 puppeteers like under a flooring and they're all operating an animatronic above them. I am going so, to look yeah, for that online right, right now. now. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's coming back, I think. You know, obviously they had it in Jurassic World. There was the, uh, the Apatosaurus dying there, but it, the scale wasn't giant. It was long, but it wasn't like huge like the T-Rex or anything like that. Or it wasn't as... Um, you know, intense looking as the Velociraptors or the, the Dilophosaurus or anything. So I wonder, like, what is above them right now? You know, because that is is super interesting picture. You know, what is to come? I have no idea. Let's see. Um, I'm sorry if uh, it's getting in the way of the show that we're stopping to take a look at this. Real quick, <laughs> no, but no, no I, I, I was hoping. I didn't know if you guys saw it or not because it was released earlier today, I think. And uh, yeah, that's an exciting image. Like just to see, like it's not showing anything. Except for a group of people under, That's you know, right. just like in the operating area where I tell you what, maneuvering you know what these that puppets. Rem- you know what that picture reminds me of? A behind-the-scenes picture you would have seen from Jurassic Park, the original. For sure. Absolutely. That's what that brings to mind. Absolutely. And I, I don't quite know why, but it does. Um, yeah. That's exciting. It, it looks like those old images of like you'd see the guys at the Stan Winston studio and they're like yeah. making a dinosaur out of like egg crates in like a garbage bag, you know, <laughs> just as a proof of concept. But you look at it and you're like, oh, there's the germination of something amazing going on here, you know? Oh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it's it's really cool to see that they're they might be changing it up and might be putting a little bit more, you know, effort or money into this. I don't know. And, uh, you know, going back to the animatronics a little bit more. That's that's really interesting. So. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Which I'm excited about. Um, you know, and I'm not one of those people who's just always, oh, just animatronics, no CGI, because CGI is just, you know, degraded over time. Um, but it is exciting to see that we're going to be getting something that made such a difference in the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the mesh of Stan Winston's work with Dennis Muren's work is just, you know, unparalleled. There is a moment where the T-Rex kind of bumps his head against Malcolm and Grant's tour vehicle. He sees the flashlight, lifts his head up, and almost immediately it's a CG T-Rex kind of walking towards the car. And it's seamless. Uh It's completely seamless. And I've never seen it handled that well ever since then. And that was kind of at the dawn of when people were um, implementing that type of effect. 
And and that was, in my opinion, anyway, as best it had ever been done, and it's never really gotten that good again. Been <laughs> been done that 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 well again. Yeah, you know, but, it's uh, tough because you can say, uh, you know, oh, I I realize that's CG. It's obvious. It looks CG. But you could say the same thing about animatronics. You know, oh, that's an animatronic. I, I know. Absolutely. I understand. Right. It's yeah. an animatronic. It has to be that perfect blend that they did and they actually did it pretty well in in the other ones as well even Jurassic Park 3 mm-hmm. has like some really awesome blends it's, so oh it's, absolutely yeah it's crazy how they do that stuff yeah Jurassic Park 3 is uh yeah they did a very good job of that you're right you're so right. when you're when you're diving into this minute by minute is there anything that is I guess surprised you about this first movie uh something I guess maybe you didn't learn or or didn't know about before um, yeah, if, if if I could, um, I think the characterization uh, that was going on in this movie is something that was just in the back of my head while I was watching it. Like, I've always liked this movie. I've always liked it a lot, but I never really understood that it was the story of uh, how it was the softening of Dr. Alan Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, that he comes in as this, like, hard guy that doesn't like kids. And, of course, while I was watching it, I was probably picking up in the background, and that's why it was satisfying to me whenever he, at the end of the movie, is – really a caretaker for tim and lex but how this movie made him uh a father figure for them and it kind of forced into this situation i think our buddy scott Corelli from back to the future minute actually made a point when we had him on our podcast for a couple of episodes that the moment that dr grant uh becomes a father and kind of like let's Lex and, uh, and Tim snuggle up to him overnight. The next morning is when he finds the eggs and he realizes life has found the way. So in this movie, the point there is that uh, Dr. Alan Griffith has become a uh, – that that is his character's, uh, I guess, uh, journey is for him to become a more softer, caring human being. That was the kind of stuff that I didn't really notice while we were watching. And Brady, what about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I I think the thing that I've picked up on most is that this is the the story of Alan Grant, um, and and that is his journey. Yeah, absolutely. So many of the characters have an arc in this. Uh, John Hammond has a wonderful arc, uh, but I think more or less what I have found out is that this is a story about the character of Alan Grant. And that is incredibly interesting. And that, yes, it's about dinosaurs. And yes, it's about the evolution, even if just a temporary one in the short time that they've been back on the planet. Uh, we're, we're getting more or less an, a story of a, a man, a human being's evolution over a short span of time. Um, and that is just sort of, you know, I guess is the, the, the backdrop is the rest of the movie. Um, and I've never seen it like that before. So mm-hmm. whenever you are breaking things down minute by minute, you are seeing just in a, in a whole different light. I don't know that I'm ever going to see the movie that the Jurassic Park that that I knew before starting this show, Jurassic Park Minute, ever again. I don't know that I'll ever <laughs> see that movie again. And there's a part of me that's it's kind of bittersweet because I do like having seen just an overall picture and uh, seeing this movie and being swept up in one feeling. But now that I'm seeing it detail for detail, I'm seeing an entirely different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that when I started. Uh, the night before we started, I sat down and I watched Jurassic Park and I said, this is going to be the last time that I ever see this movie. <laughs> and it was a strange, strange yeah. sentiment. But um, the movie that I am seeing now, I, I think, is a, is a better movie almost because you are seeing everything. You are seeing every characterization. You're seeing every character's arc. You're seeing all these things individually. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I think the, the movie benefits from, from having done this, this show. Yeah, I know you guys like to take it easy sometimes on people and don't 
you don't always reveal all the like the worst things that could that you could see in the movies. So I, I that's a, that's a you know something you can appreciate there because sometimes it could ruin your your outlook on the movie and you might yeah you might see something in the corner or see you know this thing here and, and be like oh that takes me out of it you know oh that's tough but you you guys do a good job of balancing that and it, you know this topic is so dense nope. you know you, the three of us can attest that there is so much going on so much research preparation and time to produce and and you know you're talking about dinosaurs the filmmaking practices the score even and the acting everything so i i gotta give you guys like you know kudos for for diving into it every day because i don't know if i could do that honestly like you know doing one podcast uh, a week is tough enough when you gotta research so doing it every day i literally just I actually can't even fathom how you guys do that, let alone <laughs> multiple podcasts. And, and I know you guys are guesting all the time on different ones. And, and so that's tough. I, I, I give you guys a lot of credit. Oh, well, thank well, you. Thank you. But it, it definitely leads to some burnout, too, if we're <laughs> going to be completely honest. There's there's a life balance that goes on to doing a day by day podcast that, uh, you know, we, um, you know, uh, we're not really sure what we're going to do next. And that's kind of how we make it work, too, is just kind of we take it day by day, you know, but it's yeah. definitely uh, we love podcasting. It's so much fun. But at some point, real life does kind of like come back into it, as I'm sure you can attest to with, oh, yeah. uh, you know, your, your ailment recently, you know, <laughs> that uh, it definitely at some point you have to take care of yourself so the only thing is that you want to make sure that your audience understands that uh you know you wouldn't you you don't want to neglect them but there are other things that are going on too you know yeah yeah and you you talk about you know making a point to not point out the film's flaws uh or to, to go out of your way to do that you know we're here to celebrate this movie and we're here to you know uh talk about why it is why we're doing a podcast about it every day um and if you're just going to be sitting there bashing it, then what's the point? You know? Yeah, we wouldn't do it in that case. I, yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's what I do admire about the Movies by Minutes family. The whole community is that people treat these things with respect. And it's the whole reason they do it. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was just kind of an understood thing. It's nothing we've ever really discussed. You know, let's not point this out. Let's not point that flaw <laughs> out. It's just, you know, we love the movie. We love yeah. the movie. We want to talk about the things we love about it. Yeah, so. and I think this this community is welcoming and and really really good. You know, like I was accepted right away, and and people want to be a part of what you're doing. And and I know you guys probably have a, a lot of listeners from the community, and you've had a ton of people like you talked about before. Jennifer, uh, I think you you know Jay Jurassic is yeah. coming up, I believe, as of this recording. I don't remember, but um, yeah, there's all kinds of great people out there that are willing to participate and share and help you even if you don't know every aspect of it like i'm i don't proclaim to be you know an expert on everything or anything like that so i like it when there's other people out there that can kind of fill in the gaps and you know help me understand certain things or these things like one of the funny things that i've talked about before on this podcast is like misunderstanding the movie in a way like Mm -hmm. something that you thought was one way the whole time actually wasn't like that at all like yeah. it's it's yeah. really funny. I I had that experience with the um the Richard Kyle uh yeah the Richard Kylie voice you know the voiceover part where he's you mm-hmm. know the voice you are hearing is Richard Kylie with spared yeah. no expense. So I'm I'm imagining John Hammond with a voice changer as Richard Kylie. 
Oh, like he's yeah. the one sitting in the booth doing it the entire show, which that was my, I don't know why that was my thought process. I and can then, see that. And then sure. it kind of, <laughs> you know, it kind of whittled away after I talked with people on the podcast and I'm like, okay, wait, actually that's not what he, that's not what happened at all. He just was <laughs> announcing it. Like this voice you're going to be hearing is Richard yeah. Kiley. <laughs> so it's funny how you, you come across these things when you're diving deep, you know, yeah. that, that surprise you and, and make you think twice about what you already knew. Yeah, absolutely. And there's examples that um, I've been sitting around with my friends before and been, you know, just made an observation or something. They all look at me like, wait, what? (laughs) How long have you been thinking this, Brady? But uh, yeah, I mean, that's a whole other thing. Just being able to talk movies, especially a movie that you love with like-minded people like, you know, Jurassic Park. Um, Somebody's able to point something out to you and it changes so much. It just shifts so much. And uh it's great, man. It's just ah, being a so, movie geek and is just one of the most rewarding things in in life <laughs> is to be able to just absolutely have this conversation right here, you know. But this this is the thing that people uh, have a hard time understanding. What we're doing right now is we've talked for 40-something minutes now about Jurassic Park, <laughs> a movie that's been out for, you know, whatever, 24 years now. Uh, how is that possible? And I, I know, like, I always – have a tough time broaching that topic with people outside of the community and stuff like that saying, you know, I talk about this on a weekly basis. Do you guys ever have that issue where you're like, yeah, we do it every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 There are some people that are kind of like, how, how can you mine this material? Like how much is there to really get out of it? And it's like, well, it's probably between 15 and 30 minutes a day, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, depending on how our podcast goes. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, yeah, there there are a lot of people. I mean, you know, and that's kind of the thing of being a fanatic about stuff is uh, having to explain to other people like why you like something so much. Yeah. And uh, you know, like uh, for example, uh, my wife and I are huge fans of theme parks and uh, Disney parks specifically. And for a while there, we were going two to three times a year on different vacations. And awesome. I would have people ask me like, why are you doing this? Like you could go anywhere else in the world. And it's like, I can't explain to you why I love the things that I love, but I just <laughs> love them and I want to be involved with them. You know? So like yeah. you're saying, like you talk about Jurassic park on this podcast and you talk about it with other people trying to get them into it. It's like, you know, it's just, uh, you, you like the things you like, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're not, they're all parts of the things that make you up, you know, and being, and I hate to use this term really, but, you know, being a geek about something is that, uh, it, we're pop culture enthusiasts. We, you know, we eat up everything we can get our hands on, you know, as far as this stuff goes, as far as Jurassic Park goes, it's, it's just a part of your personality and it's something that makes you happy. And what is the point of life other than to surround yourself with the things that make you happy? You know? Man, we're going deep. <laughs> well, well yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, we, well, we we have spent the last better part of a, of a year, Brady, going deep onto Jurassic Park. So I think, <laughs> I know. you know, it definitely it's it's a, it's a philosophy that we all have. You know, it's been the better part of twenty four years. So. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a good point. Um, you know, I was at uh, you're you're talking about how just a passion for something can bleed over into like every conversation. Um, I went to the Carnegie Museum in uh, Pittsburgh a couple of months ago, where they had just a fabulous dinosaur exhibit. And I'm in there with some people, and everything went back to Jurassic Park. And they were just like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. And uh, a friend of mine was talking to me. This was a couple weeks ago. And he said, "Uh, hey, so when when did your podcast about Jurassic Park start? And I was like, you know what? Some friend you are. (laughs) It's been going on since October. (laughs) But, but, you know, he hadn't even mentioned it, but like half a second before the rest of the car ride was Jurassic Park this, Jurassic Park that. And I could just see him kind of smirking, like, you know, I'll just let him do his thing and yeah. talk about this freaking movie. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, it's it's I don't know. They like, like Kyle was saying, this is just something that enlightens us, and and that's it. You don't really yeah. need a whole lot more explanation than that, that. You know, that's the topic of conversation. Yep. You know, not everybody's going to get it, and and you just can't let people tell you what to like or what you know how to how to appreciate a, a certain topic or a certain thing. You know, some people are all about their their jobs or their you know everything else, but sometimes when it comes to a fandom like that is all you think about sometimes and i'm the same way yeah. with disney like i like you said kyle yeah. i am just like my brain is 100 percent in disney all the time like that's just how yeah, i work you're, and you're, people you're don't from get new that. jersey right yeah yeah okay i know that there's a huge subculture of disney fanatics from new jersey for some reason it's it's like <laughs> one of the hot spots in the country so that that tracks definitely but yeah, yeah. it's one of those things like it's uh there's uh, so much material to to jump into and you know read over and study, especially in the world of podcasts. There's like a, a thousand Disney podcasts out there. Oh, it's yeah. just one of those things that makes you happy, and you know, just surround yourself with it. You know, surround yourself with it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a um, a picture. Uh, it's a meme online of a girl, and she's sitting next to an advertisement, uh, which has some another group of girls, and they're all eating like yogurt or something, and they're laughing. And this girl who's sitting by the sign is eating yogurt, and she's laughing at them. And the text, <laughs> it, it says, uh, this is what listening to podcasts is like. <laughs> and it's kind of relevant to what we're talking about in the sense that, you know, you've, you've got like-minded people out there who are geeking out and obsessing over these certain topics, and uh, you feel like you know them. You feel like you're friends with them. It's like mm -hmm. you talk to them every day. And yeah. um, you tune into these podcasts because it's something that enlightens you. And uh, that's yeah, you know, I don't know. That that yeah. picture is very, very true. There's a lot of truth in that in that picture. But yeah. um, and you know, it's funny because th this lifestyle creates friends and friendships and and stuff mm -hmm. that that will probably last a very long time. And and if not more than real life friends, like you know, real life as in people you yeah, see yeah. every day, you know. Um, but I've made some really great friends and people that I could call best friends over just podcasting or just being on Twitter or, you know, anywhere really. And it's, it's funny how that works and how you find those like-minded people and, and, and it works out like that. It's, it's really, it, really great. And you've actually had the, uh, privilege of meeting some of these people in person at the Jurassic World, um, exhibit at the Franklin Institute. Yeah. I think you, you organized like a big meetup. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jennifer, like we talked about, was there. I think um, some other podcasters about Jurassic Park were there as well. I would have loved to have made that. But, yeah, uh, dude, it's another experience like getting to, you know, you because you get to know people online. And, and like you said, you feel you like you know people that you listen to their podcasts and stuff like that. So when you go up to them and you're like, hey, man, and they have no clue who you are. But in this case, like <laughs> yeah. we we you know, interacted and everything. So there was no awkward moment. It's just like you just go in and it's just like we're best friends already. You know, like it, it works out yeah. that way. So it's really cool how that works. And I had the same situation with Jennifer and, and uh, Josh down in Disney World. We all just so happen to be at the parks at the same time. Wow, and that awesome. was the first time we met up. We met up at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, and uh, that nice. was so cool, so awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> um, well, soon enough, man, we're, we're all going to have to – I think there should really be a big uh, Jurassic podcast get-together. Yes. Where we get um, – <laughs> Everybody can get together and hang out and do exactly what we're doing right now. So. Absolutely, and yeah, like like we were talking about, it's no, you know, it's not difficult at all just to get together and talk about this for hours. And I think it's easy. Absolutely. But you uh, know, yeah. what? I'm going to grill you guys just a little bit just to find out. Oh. Yeah. 
if you're if you guys are real fans or no i'm kidding but (laughs) did you guys get into the toys and stuff when you were younger did you were you uh into that stuff did because i feel like we're probably around the same age so did you guys own any of any of those yeah it's you know the ability to okay so this movie obviously spoke spoke to us as we have been you know reiterating um spoke to us a lot and we were it came out around i think it was eight years old so that's you know about the time a kid is uh getting action figures for everything you know Mm -hmm. gi joe whatever whatever show or movie you're into and jurassic park had a really cool toy line because all of the action figures were as they were in the movie it wasn't like you know submersible (laughs) ian malcolm and you know he didn't come with like all this crazy gear for going underwater or whatever save that Um, for the next movie (laughs) yeah exactly so you could actually sort of like play the movie and the dinosaurs were authentic to how they looked in the movies. And you had the vehicles and the compound and all that. Um, so, yeah, man, I definitely racked up on on as much of that as I could. And, uh, yeah, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> now, Kyle, you mentioned you were a little bit older. Was, was this kind of out of your range? Because I know toys are tough. If you're out of that range, it doesn't actually work out. And you never get into them the way some of the younger kids did. Okay, yeah, I, I was about to for Kyle. If you go, go ahead, in his yeah. office, yeah, if you go in his <laughs> office, you're going to see all of the uh, like collectible aliens figures and everything. Okay. So it's a different thing, you know. Like of a course, collector's point. Yeah. I think I think at the time that the movie came out, I wasn't really into toys or action figures as much as I was when I like turned like 22, and I was like, <laughs> oh wait, I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to yeah. go spend all my disposable income on candy and uh, <laughs> and action figures. <laughs> uh, but I always appreciated the Jurassic Park uh, toy line that came out because, of course, uh, I have three younger brothers, Brady is one of them and uh they had all the action figures and the tyrannosaurus rex which i think jay jurassic referred to as the red rex yes uh i remember picking it up one time and looking at it and be like oh my god somebody spent a lot of time working on this this might be one of the greatest action figures i've ever seen had that (laughs) tail they could roll around you squeeze the hips and it made a a, a roar and everything Mm -hmm. and uh it was uh the the action figure line for Jurassic I mean it was Kenner right that did the the yeah. toys mm-hmm. okay and I think Kenner also did like the Operation Aliens action figures that came out and I think the Robin Hood figures and I think they kind of like reused some of the same molds and crossed over in a lot of those huh. um but uh it was very cool to see uh, uh, that stuff, uh, and just you know, the way they were again bringing that world into you know, of course, it's it. There's a cynical way to look at it too, and be like, well, it's just marketing. You know, they're trying to get money out of kids, but yeah, maybe. But at the same time, <laughs> they took such care with that stuff and did such a fantastic job with it. It was uh, that 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 line was actually really cool. You know, interesting. Uh, you mentioned the Red Rex. Uh, JC of Jurassic Collectibles was telling me that they actually used the mold for that uh toy from the actual mold that they used for the like animatronic in the in the movie like you know a down you know one that's brought down to scale Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is like of the same mold for the one in the movie if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean it Uh, looks like the coloring and everything looks slightly different yeah yeah, that's that's awesome i I, that is my favorite gotta be my like one or two number favorite because the other the other rex from the second movie is just as awesome yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the action figure for that was the one where I think it would swallow a guy exactly, in like a capsule. Yeah. And that stomach. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was cool because it was um you know that was the male Rex, the bull Rex, uh, mm-hmm. which was great because they made it stand out too. So uh, yes. another reason for the kids to go out and buy another one because well it's <laughs> different, you know, and this is the mommy and the daddy, and they go together, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, those were uh, I liked all the the stuff in that line, but that Rex really stood out to me as something special. 
Yeah. It's funny how, how it comes in circles and waves. You know, you're into these toys when you're younger. And then, look, you know, we all got shelves now of, uh, <laughs> filled with these things. It's pretty oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Just wasting our money. You know, I don't know <laughs> if you can consider it wasting or not because uh, it's not like, I mean, speaking for myself, I don't like sit here and, and play the way I used to. You know, I don't, you know, create scenarios and all that stuff like I did. But they are there and they're on the shelves and they're, you know, they're in cabinets and and yeah. I don't know what value that brings to my life, but aside from knowing I have it and knowing it's there and seeing it every once in a while, it's pretty uh, special. I'll tell yeah. you what it I is, mean, Brett. It's, it's the same thing that you were t- we were talking about earlier in the sense that we get together and talk about Jurassic Park or other subjects like because it enlightens you. Mm-hmm. It's like I am actually an art collector and I have rooms full of art that I'm never going to display and I have it because it just enlightens me, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I got a problem it's like that too. Ridiculous. I got I got drawers full of art that are not oh, hung yeah. anywhere. <laughs> yeah, just in a damn drawer. You need you need more walls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, but it's it's the same thing as like you know a sports fan collecting like a Jets helmet or like a Saints jersey or something like that. It's yeah. just kind of uh, but you know for us it's uh, it's uh, toys that young children usually play with and we're all adult males and we have to you know put them up on a shelf somewhere. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you know just surround yourself with the things you like you know and eventually at some point if you get tired of it and want to move it off somewhere else you know there's that's what the glory of eBay is for. There's somebody else out there that's yeah. looking for it. You know, oh, you know yeah. funny oh, yeah. funny story. Uh, so I found just a ple- just a horde of original Star Wars action figures that were worth God knows how much money that Kyle had had when he was a kid. And uh, so this, I probably found all these things when I was maybe like 12 and I had a big empty armoire in my bedroom. So I was like, I'm making this a shrine to these like, collect, you know, this, um, all these collectibles that are just collector's items mm-hmm. and had them all lined up with t- action figures and vehicle, all kinds of stuff. Well, it just kind of sat in there for years and years and years. I'm dating someone when I'm like 18 years old and a friend of mine comes in and he's like, oh, Brady, I wonder what's in here. Oh, look at that. Star Wars toys. Okay. And I was like, this. <laughs> yeah, but also at the same time, a lot of my friends in college at the time would would ask if I like, brought him. We're like hanging out. And we swung by the house. They'd be like, hey, can I see Brady's like Star Wars collection? <laughs> and it's funny because a lot of those guys were like film geeks and a lot of them have gone on into film careers and stuff like that. And they'd always come in and sit there and like look at him and talk to Brady about him and be like, okay, so this is the Bubba Fett that actually has the spring-loaded missile in the back. Wow, that's pretty amazing, you know? Yeah, and I'm sitting yeah. there in the background going like, well, those used to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. funny because when, when you reach a, a certain point in your age, you know, you're like kind of shy or, or afraid of those things and you put them away. And, and then later on you see people like pulling out, you know, oh, I had all this. I had all these Star Wars toys or I had these, these uh, Jurassic Park toys. And I'm like, uh, like a friend of mine, I was like, man, I had no clue during all our, our years of high school that you were ever into these things. Like, yeah. you know, like I would have loved to have known that. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It was like an embarrassment, but it's funny because now it's like, you know, the the, the geek, I hate to use the word again, but the geek's taking its revenge and like, everybody's a geek, you know, like yeah. cause there's uh, such a way to, and it's kind of cynical again, but, uh, you know, to market this stuff and get it out to people and produce all this stuff, it's, it's funny because like when I was in high school, it was like the last thing you ever wanted to do was admit you had a box of Star Wars action figures <laughs> in, the, in the top <laughs> of your closet, you know, or that you were going to the comic book store, you know, to buy a new issue of like uh, Bloodshot or something like that. Yeah. But now it's like, there's no judgment now, which is nope. great. I really envy a lot of people growing up right now that you can be into all that stuff and it's really accepted that, you know, you can 
you know, it's it's kind of weird because there isn't the the out of the way mom and pop store that you had to find in you know the dark corner of the city that sold you know like uh, bootleg anime you know and stuff like yeah. that. Now it's just like you can order it or find it in Barnes and Noble. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, if anything, there's too much of it at some point. You know, yeah. but it's uh, it's 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 great that you don't have to be embarrassed of that stuff anymore. You know. You know, it's funny. I, I had a job, ridiculous job, uh, a couple of years ago. And of course, I'm sitting there doing what I did every day, and that is surfing the web. <laughs> and I was looking at like a price guide for, I think it was like original Raiders of the Lost Ark action figures. I wanted to see how much one of these things I had was worth because it's worth so much money. And I'm sitting there looking at it, and this dude walks by and he's like, What in the hell are you looking at? Really? And I was like, yeah, you know what? The uh, the belloc that is actually you can get outside of his uh, ceremonial robes is worth, you know, whatever it was. And he was he, he was like, really? And he sat down and I was explaining this to him. He was like, well, what, what about like the Indiana Jones, like without the hat or whatever? And I was just, you know, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, to learn, be a collector you learn of stuff, anything. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's happened plenty of times. I'll be at work, you know, browsing Jurassic Park stuff and Half the time people walk by and see dinosaurs on my screen and I'm wondering, what are they thinking right now as they see yeah. me researching this stuff or on jptoys.com, like just looking through all the dinosaur toys. I'm always wondering, you know, what's going through their minds as they watch and, and see me do this. One time you know, I did hear stuff. somebody whistled the, the Jurassic Park theme and I was like, who did that? Oh, like, cool. who was that? <laughs> yeah. I would just turn and say, yes, I am. <laughs> By golly. And yeah. If you want to hear about it, I've got hours worth of convo for you. Yeah. <laughs> so careful. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. have you guys uh, read the book at all? I know it's a tough subject for some. Some have, some oh. haven't. So wh- where do you guys stand with that? Yeah, multiple times. I love the book. Um, there are definitely things I don't like about it. I think the character of Lex is kind of a throwaway. She just kind of gets in the way. <laughs> oh, God, in my yeah. But um, yeah, I love the book. Yeah, I read it in 1993, and that kind of led me to have an obsession with Michael Crichton. And I read everything that he had published up until that point in the first semester of my ninth grade high school year. Mm-hmm. And then I pretty much stopped reading after that point, which was a horrible embarrassment because I think I started down this path of like, oh, books are great. I can, I'm going to read anything. And then immediately when I was like, I finished like Eaters of the Dead or something like that, I was like, well, that was a fun thing to do. I'll never read another <laughs> book again. But uh, yeah, no, the book Jurassic Park is. Um, it, it's so hard to say because the movie's so great and the book is so great, but uh-huh. it's it's almost hard to quantify them against each other because it's apples yes. and oranges because there's so much different that happens in between the two. But yeah, Michael Creighton, um, I, I love his work, and I'm so glad to hear that he actually has a new book coming out in just a couple of months. And strange enough, it's also about dinosaurs. Uh, so uh, you know, we we lost the gentleman a few years ago, which is unfortunate. But I'm glad that they've been able to kind of like collect his notes and and release that Pirate Latitudes, his last couple of books. Oh. That he was working on. So yeah. what, one of the things I find very difficult is trying to like intertwine the discussion because when you're doing a movies mm-hmm. by minute podcast, how do you broach that topic because the book is so different than the movie? It's got to be tough because I, I try to stay mostly away from the book when possible because it is so different. So how do you guys do that when you're, you're discussing the topics? Um, you know, honestly, you know, we we address it. I think as long as it's not going to get in the way of the, mm-hmm. the movie, we'll we'll say like, you know, oh well, it was interesting when this happened in the book, uh, and not to make a comparison or say one is better than the other, but um, 
we, we do also try to pick apart parts of the book that weren't included in the movie that have been incorporated into later movies. Like, you know, in Jurassic Park 3, they did kind of try to bring in that uh, river rafting thing uh, to a degree. You know, they had some yeah. scenes that are, are kind of in there. Uh, but we don't want to – I mean – it's it, it would be very easy to say like the book is so much better because it's just the scope of it is uh, it would have been unfilmable at the time. Uh, but I don't know that it's necessarily say that it's really better because the movie works so damn well on its own, you know? Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is something that comes up. But most of the time, we just try to talk about the differences between the two and be like, "Oh, that would have been really cool." You know, we didn't get that. Okay, let's just move on to the next thing. But it's it's definitely come up a few times in 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 the course of the podcast. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I think would be really cool is a movies by minutes format somehow uh, taken and applied to literature. Oh and God! Is it going to be a page by page podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know, you, man. You can do audio book by minute. <laughs> audio book. <by laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that would probably never work. But um, <laughs> that you know, because uh, yeah, audio books tend to be like fifteen hours. Uh, so you're yeah. talking about like a lot of minutes. That's that's a yeah. lot of your your life. <laughs> a whole lot. So, um, you know, we've talked about how polarizing the, the final two films are so far. Uh, I got to ask, how do you rank these movies? Oh, man. Brady, why don't you go first? Uh, there's, there's no way to answer this question without, you know, somebody probably shaking their fist at their radio as they're <laughs> listening to it. Um, personally, I would probably say Jurassic Park, obviously, number one. Uh, Jurassic Park 3 as my number two. And Interesting. Sure, probably the Lost World and then Jurassic World. Okay. Um, Jurassic World just it, there was some things in it that just fell really flat for me, and I I went into it knowing that you're not going to get Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. This is a new movie. It's a new generation. It's a new movie. Movies are not made the same way anymore. So get used to that. And I said, okay, no problem. I can see it like as its own thing, and went in there and still got something that I feel was just kind of. You know, 14 years worth of screenplay drafts kind of stapled together. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it just didn't really work for me. Um, the Lost World, I think, is... Uh, th- actually, the, the older... You know, the more I watch The Lost World, the more I'm okay with it. Um, I think it's doing some things, like, really, really, really well. But for the most part, the movie just kind of feels a little, like, tedious. And a little... It drags a lot for me. Um, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park 3 is definitely... Just a big, dumb, fun movie, <laughs> and uh, and it's also something that was just sort of like pieced together because the production was so hectic. Um, but it's also it's got some really fun set pieces in it, some really great moments. It's really cool to see Alan Grant come back, uh, and so for that reason, I kind of um, let it you know take the number two spot. But it's just a series that has not really been what I think it could have been post the first film. And it, yeah. it's uh, it's a real shame, I think, that we didn't get uh, just stellar movies to come after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I guess to answer your question the longest way I can, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's the order that I put them in. I like that. That's interesting. I don't think I've gotten that kind of order before. That's, that's, that's good. I like that uh, appreciation for Jurassic Park 3. Sure. 
Kyle, what I, I'm you? probably going to have to answer in the same way, although I want to make a small caveat and say that the Telltale Games Jurassic Park uh, piece together on YouTube as a movie might be my number two because I actually think that story does some really cool things. Uh, but yeah, yeah I'm going to say the same thing. I think Jurassic Park 3 uh, is a chase movie at its heart, and it doesn't really try to be anything else. Uh, I think The Lost World has a lot of moments in it that are really uh, – that are great. That Tyrannosaurus Rex attack where the, you know, the, the mobile lab goes off the side of the cliff is, is pretty awesome but I feel that the movie kind of doesn't really end well that the last third of the movie is kind of like it's just a bunch of stuff that happens but you know for me Jurassic World is I, I gotta kind of um, reiterate some of what Brady says and I want to make a statement here that I don't think that that movie's faults are the fault of the director in charge of the project at all I feel like the script was put together of uh, decades plus worth of different ideas for what would have been Jurassic Park 4 and I think that Colin Trevorrow is a guy who uh, with an indie film background did a masterful job of navigating the studio system and having to serve the different masters of uh, Spielberg and Amblin and Universal and try to make everybody happy and at the end of the day that movie made over a billion dollars so everybody (laughs) was very happy with that I think that um in a uh, creative environment where he is working uh, with Kathleen Kennedy and the guys over the Star Wars department at Disney, I think we're going to see a much different film come out of that, uh, that he's given a little bit more creative control over it. But Jurassic World for me was, the thing that just didn't work for me was uh, that it felt like four different movies chopped up and put in a blender. You know, there's a a movie in there about using dinosaurs as weapons. There's a, a brotherly love movie about probably like a kid with autism and his older brother having to kind of deal with him as their parents are getting a divorce and there's also kind of this like action chase movie in the middle of it that tries to retread a lot of what happened in jurassic park and those movies were just trying to serve too many different masters to me and at the end of the day i walked out of the theater just kind of like really just kind of with a bad taste in my mouth as far as that one went but mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to jurassic world 2 uh jurassic age whatever it's going to be called because <laughs> i think the creative team in charge of that is going to correct anything that went bad on the last movie and also they've been saying the right thing so far uh the tone yeah pieces that we've seen in the little videos they've been released really are hitting the right notes for me so uh but yeah i uh, jurassic park uh, obviously number one you know it's uh it's there was a reason it was the for a very very long time yeah now speaking of jurassic park the original it's the 25th anniversary coming up next year so yeah is there anything yeah. that you guys would love to see because you've dissected this so much is there anything that you'd like to see stand out during the 25th anniversary anything that you'd like to you know like whether it's more special features deleted scenes toys anything i'm always down for more special features as someone who's just a huge fan of uh special edition dvds and whatnot you know the more material the better um i would love to see contemporary interviews with the cast and the crew and where they've come i know that it hadn't been that long since we got our blu-ray release uh Mm -hmm. but I don't care at the same time. I want to see Sam Neill tell more stories about Keep it. Keep spending. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of deleted uh, scenes, like deleted material from the film uh, out there that I, has just kind of never been seen. I would love to see some of that. Um, you know, I don't, I, I, yeah, I, I really, it's <laughs> any, any other time, if you were to ask me that question, I'd have like a more complete answer for you, but not right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I probably say the same thing. I think that, you know, the cast and crew, uh, everybody's still in relatively good health. So now is the better time than any to get them all together and to produce a long uh, feature length documentary on the making of this film, uh, how the franchise has affected people, how it affected filmmaking. Because I know that going into that movie, they knew they had something special, but at the time, the stories I've 
heard coming from the set were that Steven Spielberg had just come off of Hook. Uh, there's this story about him at the premiere of Hook where he goes out to his limo and he actually cries and doesn't finish watching the movie because he knows that he had made something that wasn't going to stand the test of time. Then the next two films he makes within the same year are Jurassic Park <laughs> and Schindler's List. Yeah. You know, And I know that a lot of the production of or the editing of Jurassic Park, he was watching them do while he was actually directing Schindler's List and he kind of mm-hmm. felt removed from it because of the, the, the gravity of that project. So um, – I really want to get into into his mind as a creative person working with Michael Crichton, the estate of Michael Crichton, you know, like pulling any documents that they can out of his kind of like um, uh, philosophy of going into that movie, how he was obsessed with chaos theory at the time. And this is the movie that we got out of that subject is very interesting to me. So, yeah, I'm the same way. I would even if it's like a feature release, uh, feature release that could be in theaters, I would love to really see them put a lot of time and effort into a documentary that really kind of like covered this movie for more than two hours. Absolutely. Have you guys Absolutely. seen it in theaters before? Uh, uh, yeah, you, I mean, there was whenever it premiered. Um, I'll never, night, yeah. yeah, I'll never forget that experience. Oh man, that was a humbling experience. And um, then when it was released on uh, in 3D a few years ago, mm-hmm. that was also an amazing experience. I'm not a huge fan of seeing movies in 3D on the big screen, but man, they got it right with that. Oh, it worked. Yeah, it held up. Thing, yeah. yeah, it absolutely held up. Yeah, but um, I can remember just go down memory lane real quick. Speaking of opening night, whenever this film was coming out, the hype, just getting ready, being so excited and going into it thinking like, you know, dinosaurs, how scary can they be? It's Denver, the last dinosaur, it's Barney or whatever. And I mean, the second that first note of music and that opening title sequence comes on, you're like, oh no, (laughs) oh boy. It's different. You're a man now, Brady. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, you know, when the T-Rex comes out and just kind of, you know, uh, you know, lets out his mighty roar and everything. Just your this was not the experience that I thought I was going to get, and it was. Um, I'm, I had never had an experience in the movie theater like that before, so it was incredible. And to have had that experience as your first experience like that, uh, it, with it being Jurassic Park, was just something else, man. That's uh, you know, a memory I definitely cherish. Awesome. Well, you know, we're winding down here towards the end. I know you guys mentioned the uh, the Patreon a little bit before, but why don't you kind of uh, just let everybody know as to what is involved with this Patreon account and, you know, what, what you have to offer, you know, to the people who are patrons. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a uh, kind of a company that we are producing this podcast under, which is kind of like the thing you do if you you know want to be uh, you know uh, writing it off on your taxes or whatever. So uh, what we decided to do in order to uh, you know because I'm sure as you could could attest to, Brad, that podcasting is a thing that's a lot of fun and it but it takes up a lot of time. And if you can get something to kind of offset the cost that you put into it, that works out great. So what we wanted to do was to offer uh, a little bit more for the people out there that wanted to help us out. So what we do is every week we put out at least uh, we try to make it about an hour uh, episode of a bonus podcast uh, through Pele Media uh, our Patreon account is patreon.com slash Pele Media if your listeners are interested in checking that out and what we do is we whatever we're talking about at the time we try to kind of grab something that is related to it and talk about that for you know about an hour a week so uh, as the time of this recording tomorrow we will, we will be releasing an episode which is just Brady and I talking about the movie Sphere and the book Sphere mm-hmm. uh, we kind of tied it back into Michael Crichton with that when we were doing Ghost Busters, we had all sorts of crazy episodes where we would I think one day Brady and I went out to like Walmart and we found that they had uh, Ecto Cooler and uh, the uh, special edition Twinkies that came along with Ghostbusters and we had just kind of an episode where we sat down and we, 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 we reviewed the junk food so nice. uh, 
all sorts of stuff like that. Well, we, we talk about uh, films that are out in the theater right now at the end of the year. We did like our top 10 films of the year and stuff like that. But uh, it's basically a little bit something to say thank you for supporting us every week. And our price for that is a dollar a month. So at a dollar, the, at the cost of a dollar a month, you get like four bonus episodes for that. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to, I think, we've got one coming out tomorrow, which is going to be Sphere. We have something we haven't announced after that. And I'll go ahead and announce it right now. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Lost World as probably uh, one of our last episodes of the you Jurassic mean- Park edition. Jurassic Thank World. you. Uh, that's a problem that I've had throughout, <laughs> oh, the, yeah. throughout the podcast. I mess up the two of those. So Same Jurassic here. World is what yeah. we'll be talking about. And we're going to have our good buddy uh, Scott Corelli from Back to the Future Minute is going to be on because he specifically requested to be on for that episode because <laughs> he has a lot of thoughts about it. So nice. Um, you can, uh, with the premium content that we have on there, it, it, it is a little bit cooler than listening to us eat Twinkies. Um, we've had a lot of stuff that I'm particularly proud of. And uh, one of them was actually a pretty long uh, Patreon episode that we did where we talked about um, the planned but never executed uh, animated series, Jurassic Park animated series that was going to come out right after the first film, which is just a fascinating, just just entire thing. It's such a fascinating story behind the conception of that idea and why it never happened. Uh, You know, I'm particularly proud of a lot of the ones that we did for Ghostbusters Minute, but um, for the most part, all of our Patreon episodes have covered Jurassic Park, all kinds of material. In fact, one of the most recent ones we did was a review of the original script for the movie and just how different that was going to be. So... Yeah, yeah. That, that's some awesome content. You know, I, yeah, I was I was scrolling through. I think you guys covered like the Jurassic Park ride, the uh, Lego Indominus movie, and it's it's just it's great content, great stuff, and it's it's so cheap. So just go ahead and go support it. You know, get out there, go do it. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Glad, glad to hear that you like that. Those those episodes were a lot of fun to do. Yeah. So I one of the things I I wonder about as a podcaster when you're doing this this uh, movies by minute. Now, that's a lot of minutes, so that's a lot of episodes. Now, I know podcasting, like we're talking about now, is not always cheap or anything like that. So do you guys keep, like, with this format, do you guys keep those podcasts available for a while, or or what's the deal with that? That's our plan at the moment is to, you know, it's really weird because we've looked at the subscription numbers of uh, our previous show, Ghostbusters Minute, which wrapped up uh, around October or November right before uh, around the same time Jurassic Park Minute uh, debuted. Mm-hmm. And we've actually seen that those subscription numbers have climbed. So with a movies by minute format or like a serialized type uh, episodic thing like we're doing here, we've noticed that the longer you keep it out there, the more people come to it. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners right now might be interested in what we're doing. And even though we're about to wrap of the show they can go back and start with minute number one and listen to it at their own pace throughout the entire course of the show so our plan is to keep that up there until we see the numbers stagnate and once we start to see it stagnate then we're going to try to move it over to something else now if that be at youtube or libsyn or something we haven't really come to that yet but right now the what it costs us and what is offset by our uh, patreon supporters who are out there uh, you know helping us out um that's just kind of like what we're going to do to keep it going in the meantime. And if everybody decides to unsubscribe from Patreon tomorrow uh, <laughs> and we're just left eating the cost for ourselves, we're probably going to keep it up for a couple of years and then we'll see, you know, at what point podcasting even looks like at that point. True. You know? Very true. Yeah, you got to see how it goes and just look at the numbers. But yeah, that's that's awesome. And they will be available for everybody to listen to for a while. So that's always good to know. Um, definitely yeah. go back, everybody listening. Listen to all those episodes. I've done it myself and I'm, I'm caught up. Uh, I got to listen to today's episode still, but it's awesome. <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it's fun to dive in. Even though this is what I do every week, it's fun to listen to you guys talk about it every day. Um, so I love Thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you so much thank for you. having Thank us you for on. what you do. You have a, a fantastic yeah. podcast. Well, thank you. 
I, you know, I, I'm, I do what I can. <laughs> yeah. But uh, where can everybody find you guys, you know, throughout the web or, uh, you know, where to uh, listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah, we're available on uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts like the fine one you're listening to right now. Uh, just search for Jurassic Park Minute. Uh, we have our website, JurassicParkMinute.com. Uh, you can also look for Ghostbusters Minute, which was our previous show, and Goonies Minute, which Brady is doing with his co-host, Chris, which I think still has a couple more months to go. Uh, like we also said, you can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Media. That's P-E-L-E, just like the Hawaiian volcano god. Uh, and uh, yeah, just uh, we're also available on Facebook to look, search for any of the things goonies minute ghostbusters minute jurassic park minute pele media uh and then my personal twitter handle is at kyle crane so uh yeah awesome (laughs) (laughs) well thank you guys so much for coming on and uh i can't wait for everybody to hear this and uh yeah we'll have to do this again sometime absolutely Absolutely. thank you so much brad this is something i've been looking forward to for a while thanks thanks for having me too thank you talk to you guys soon all right man bye in the audio segment we have a new contributor to the podcast you may know him as a you know owen from jurassic world chris pratt he's here with a new segment called what's my snack and uh he breaks down each snack that he has here on the set of jurassic world 2 let's take a listen hey chris pratt here on the set of jurassic world 2 and now for a new segment i call what's my snack Cacao, baobab, banana, chia, huh? Kao, 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 baobab, banana, chia. Ka, kao, baobab, banana, chia. Kao, kebe, baobab, banana, chia. Kakao, baobab, banana, chia. It's a kakao, baobab, chinina. Hey gang, Chris Pratt here, back with another segment of What's My Snack? And today we're trying some... Assorted Sashimi! Let's take a look! Oh, oh, it's so good. Mm. This smells and tastes exactly like Berkeley Powerbait. Um... I, I get it. I see why trout love it. It's so good. Mm, mm, mm. Totally raw fish. This is seaweed. Mm. Oh. This is one of those things where when you're as hungry as I am, everything tastes really good. And, but this is especially good. Oh, check that out. Spanish mackerel. Hey guys, hi guys, Chris Pratt here, another episode of What's My Snack, and honestly it's pretty late, and I'm so hungry, it's 10.53pm and I should go to bed, but instead, I'm gonna maybe eat my snack for tomorrow. Ooh, it's an olive oil pistachio cake, but I'm supposed to eat that tomorrow, not today. Oh, I'm gonna do it. 
told you I only have half. Some for tomorrow. I save just a little bit for tomorrow. <laughs> hey yo, what's up? Chris Pratt here. So I'm a little embarrassed from my last video. It seemed a little weak. Uh, and I'm here to tell you that snacks, they don't have that kind of power over me. Okay, nothing does. Because I'm strong. I'm a man. I don't get all hung up over some cake, over some snack. Okay. So, just to let you know, that ain't, I ain't like that. So today, I'm going to do a new episode, a more manly episode of What's My Snack. See, it's an apple. Just an apple. I'm going to eat it. I ain't going to try to be all weird about it. Just what I do. All right, so so maybe it's not a new segment for us. He posted these videos over on Instagram. They're so hilarious. I had to include them. They're really awesome. Anyway, if you want to see the videos yourself, head to the links within our show notes. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 91st episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Of course, a huge thanks to Kyle and Brady from Jurassic Park Minute. You really need to check out their Movies by Minute podcast. It's so awesome. They dive deep into Jurassic Park on a daily basis, so their show certainly deserves a listen. Head to our show notes to find all of their links. Thanks again to everybody who entered, shared, retweeted, reposted, commented, and followed us due to the ticket giveaway. Congrats to all the winners from our website, Instagram, and and Twitter. You're all so awesome. Thank you so much. And I really hope you enjoy the exhibition. Don't forget about the promo code that we're running with the Franklin Institute for Jurassic World, the exhibition. Enter the code JWGENER to get $5 off daytime adult admission tickets. Head to our website for a direct link and for more information on the promo code. Don't forget to share the code with your friends and family. Tell them where you got it and let us know when you use it. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter at Jurassic Park pod we're also on facebook at facebook.com slash jurassic park podcast and our instagram handle is at jurassic park podcast you can listen to us via itunes google play podomatic youtube our website or wherever else podcasts are found so make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week if you haven't already please give us a five-star review in itunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast don't forget to check out jurassic park for all the links you heard here today if you want to get a hold of us you can email 
email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com, or you can submit questions directly on our website contact form. If you'd like to record something for the show, send it in to us and we'll feature it in an upcoming episode. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.